0: Who are the PGMOL and how have they revolutionized officiating? God, I'd love to know. But what you're about to find out today is who is the Gooners podcast and how have they revolutionized podcasting? Hint, we're not doing any better than the PGMOL. This is the Gooners pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds. A young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Tottenham Hotspur. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts but then these boys became men Jared Ewan Magic Aston Andy and Miguel and the rest my friends is history and now all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season.
1: Seven, 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 seven.
0: Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Welcome to the Gooners Podcast, Season Seven, Episode Eighty Six. That's an eighty-six in the restaurant business. Do you know what eighty-six means?
1: To nix, to finish,
0: to yes, to to get rid of, to not include, or or something that you're out of. So I don't I like know how you yet. said the
1: restaurant business and not the mafia. Where, where that's really from? Is that is that what it's from? I pretty is isn't that a mafia term to like kill someone? I don't know.
0: I just, you know, I I spent more time in my formative years in the restaurant business than I did in the mafia. I know, I know most of you will uh, will not really understand that, or or it won't make a lot of sense. But um, imagine me spending time in restaurants. But
1: I can't. Um, not with the size you are now.
0: It doesn't bode well for this podcast because uh you know we're gonna 86 this podcast but you know what we 86 Leicester City despite all of the obstacles in the world and uh, and and we've got someone who's been 86ing us lately in, in everton coming up so we're gonna discuss this that the other thing we're gonna we're gonna argue we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw other members of our podcast under the bus live on air because they're not here we're gonna do all that. Uh, and I've even got an alligator, which I don't think you're going to be able to see, but it's all the way across the pond and, uh, and it's an actual effing alligator. Um, so I'm going to get, I'm going to get eaten on the podcast. And, uh, and I told, I told Steph, I said, I said, I kind of hope he eats me because a, I'm having a bad week and that would help me take care of it. And B, I think we'd get great ratings for that. We'd have, you know, we, we double the 10 people that are watching right now to 20, um, for, for sure. those of
1: you that don't know, by alligator he's referring to the old skinny white guy in his neighborhood called Al. <laughs> wow, well, yeah, that's going to eat him, and he's and a gator. Make and, of that and, what and, you uh, want. Take all the time you need with that statement.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll wait. So, Aston, uh, <laughs> well, how you been since uh, since the last time I saw you? Uh, uh, do you? Do you have do you have a roadmap for how this pod is going to go? Because I certainly the fuck don't.
1: Listen, uh stuff came up right before the pod. I do have a roadmap, but it's it's more mental this time because I got a I got a little lazy. I do have tradition. I do have tradition and as is tradition, once again, Arsenal Football Club have played a match of football. And you know what that means. Don't you?
0: Copyright strike. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> every time i never get tired of it you i know
0: this thing where we go into a game needing to win and then we win like I, I was loving that for a long time and then we lost it
1: and now it seems we have it back i like this yeah this is, rem- this this is remember good oh all, remember all those years we spent not winning that sucked
0: this is awesome I mean, yeah you know you know what i hate not winning <laughs> and uh and yes this is this is winning so uh shout out to the chat before we get too deep into it we've got uh we got Aston in the chat uh we've got bill uh who absolutely killed Aston with uh with with this and I, I will i will avoid canceling myself and this podcast by not trying to sing it with the with the whole accent thing but i do love that
1: yeah not uh, on black history month
0: no no i can't do that in february i got two more i got, t- I got one more day to wait this thing out uh, I got Matthew Hudson in here. Gary, don't waste the tweets in here. We got Spencer Broncoin VA nine nine eight six, which inc- incidentally was almost what my parents named me. <laughs> uh, they were they were going to name me Spencer Broncoin VA nine nine eight six, and then I uh they went with Mike instead. So boring. boring.
1: Yeah, yeah. At least you're regretting that didn't... for most of their life. At least your parents didn't choose violence like my mom did when she named me. 12 years of school was awful. I mean, I literally got to like grow up and watch like humor age as I got older. Like first they figured out ass was in my name and then they figured out my name was literally ass ton and boy by high school, did they like get around to it? I was ton of ass, ass town, ass clown. Now imagine if
0: you grew up in England with the whole Aston Villa situation that you're getting now, like in your new life as Arsenal, uh, you know, family and, 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 uh, let us call it a cult hero in the arsenal world uh leader leader of men uh leader of of the supporters groups of the world uh in your you know now you're getting all the aston villagers aston live in a villa uh but I mean at least you were spared that for the first thirty years of your life or thereabouts
1: you know what It would be nice if after selling out that uh, way kid, by the way, fastest selling shirt ever, you know, no, no small part, thanks to me. I mean, all of it, thanks to me, but it would be nice. No small
0: part, thanks to anything other than you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it'd be nice. It looks
0: like ass. It has, there were no, there was no marketing put behind it. Uh, You know, they, they, the store doesn't
1: even stock it yet. It sold 29 billion copies because of you. And it would be really nice if Stan Kroenke would uh, do me a favor and buy me a villa. You know what I mean? Like I, I figure, I figure, I've I earned it just a little. Just. Would you little. rather
0: Stan Kroenke buy you a villa or Stan Kroenke buy you a Bellingham?
1: Damn Bellingham. Bellingham. <laughs> It's not even close, actually. You have no idea what I would do for this team. You, you know what's funny? I was listening to the Ars blog. By the way, shout out Ars Blog. Huge, uh, huge fan. Uh, you know, works with the shows. Come I, on. I, I, I gotta listen to
0: his stuff someday. I I keep hearing about this guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> apparently he's been blogging Die. for like 21 years or something. I don't know. Seems like a new guy on the block, to be honest. But he was um, you know, Gunner blog, James. Oh, by the way, talk about a guy that can party. James uh, Gunnerblog can party. Don't you? I don't, you get I don't it think twisted. he wants man, people to know how much he can party, but but you know, we yeah, he can throw down. So, but as as is tradition, James needs to get hurt to um for us to win. And I admire his willingness to put his body on the line for us every week. week. And what if do do? me not getting a villa means that we get a Bellingham, you know what? I'll take it.
0: And then you can just come down and stay at mine.
1: I mean, you you are adopting me, right? We do have the papers ready. We do, we do. There's um, Florida's <laughs> delaying on them a little bit. I don't know why, but um, yeah. By the way, just so everybody knows, he's not adopting me out of love. He's adopting me purely so that Jake can say, "Hey, Aston, my brother from another mother." Literally, that's it. That, that's it. That and harvesting your organs are the only reason why we're going through all this. I mean, that good and- old organs. Hey, yeah. I've been keeping this liver strong for you, buddy.
0: It ain't your it ain't your liver I want to harvest. Let's just put it that way. All right, oh! so, uh, all
1: right, let's talk about Arsenal
0: before. Yeah, before I,
1: uh... I, I, I guess I mentioned Arsenal played a game. You might have forgot it because honestly, there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, if we really, really, really want to get into it, here's some stats I can throw at you. Um, Lester, I think played, I'm not sure if they were there or not. We do have images of Leicester fans, um, asking, begging for their team to, uh, to, to, uh, do something here. They are, look, it's all of Leicester fans. I mean, did you know, and this is a fact that is the lowest XG ever recorded since they started recording XG. Now, I, I hate XG.
0: I'm not an XG guy. But when the other team gets 0.02 or whatever their
1: XG is, I love XG. <laughs> it's so great. It's incredible, it, it, It's incredible, really. It's I I mean, listen. Has there we'll, ever we'll, been a more comfortable 1-0 than that? Ever. Well, yeah, it, and it's crazy because it's a 1-0 and you're normally, like, at the edge of your seat, like, dying at the end of the game because you're hoping to to everything that um, that, you know, it's not going to swing the other way, that it's not, we're not going to, you know, spurs it up, as you might say. And this time I was actually completely calm. I've never been so calm in a game in my life. I was like, oh, they're not going to do anything. That's nice. Maybe we'll score a second goal. Like and honestly, it's kind of crazy because even the one nail kind of flattered them. I mean, honestly, it should have been 3, three, uh, three nil. But you know how the PGMOL likes to roll with Arsenal. Yet again, another week goes by, and we have more corruption. You, you, what, what did you think about the uh, Ben White challenge? By the way,
0: you know it's ironic because my whole my whole thing was, you know, when I watched it. I was on the drink. Uh, I was, uh, enjoying it. I was dealing with some internet issues on, on Saturday that were really a pain in the ass and stretched into my appearance on, uh, on Sophie's pot, uh, on the Highbury squad. And, and it, so, I mean, like I didn't really have time to digest and ingest it and watch things over and over again. I've been under the assumption that that goal was harsh. The, the soccer goal, you know, non-penalty was harsh and that that game should have been three nil at least. Um, in doing research and prep for today's show, you know, which you and I just, I mean, we do like none other. Um, in, in doing my five minutes of prep for this show, I, uh, I actually look back at the videos and the pictures and some and, and some of the stuff. Ben White may have held them a little bit. I mean, look, when you compare it to things, and this is always going to be the case with PGM. When you compare it to other instances of goaltender interference in the league, I think there's a video going around of of, uh, Eric Dyer, like, literally just cleaning out an opposing goalkeeper, and then the goal comes into the spot where the goalkeeper was cleaned out from
1: three seconds later. You remember the game against Villa? I think it was Douglas Louise on Ramsdale, like, literally, like, all over him, and we didn't get the foul, and they scored from the corner. In this case, one of the things that made me frustrated about it was – Okay, I could really see it if it if it actually affected the game, but like well
0: it, in white it, it did it didn't stop him from saving Trostard's goal yeah and, and and there was a passage of play, a punch out a couple passes or a pass uh to Trostard and a dribble before the shot went in, but in as much as he was holding his hand for a considerable amount of time uh that kind of ultimately forced a punch out instead of maybe a, a claiming. Uh, I, I can almost accept and understand that that one was called back. Bit harsh, but I can understand that in a vacuum. But then you want to see every situation like that called the same way. And, of course, that's where the issue becomes with Arsenal. I I, I get that, that 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 might have been an appropriate VAR overall. I ask you a
1: really, question? And, and, I, and I didn't have that opinion until about an hour ago. Well, can I ask you a question about that? Because, you know, Ben White is known a little bit for the dark arts. And my question for you is, was that the dark arts or was Ben White trying to hold his hand a little because they were getting a little cuddly? I mean, it seemed a little bit a six, six would... of one, half a dozen of the other to me. I don't think it was necessarily.
0: I'm going to really I'm going to try to pin him down by holding. I mean, I, I, I don't think that that was intentional dark arts. I think once he had a hold of him he didn't exactly go out of his way to let go of him. Mm-hmm. And so that might've been a little dark arts, but I mean, that's not where you're, I mean, if the thought is I'm going to do this so that, well, you know, maybe you're, you're keeping him from jumping as high. Maybe there's a guy at the back post that slots it in. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to know what was in his mind at the time. Um, yeah, yeah. He wasn't particularly outraged when they overturned it. I have to say, based on his reaction. Um, and, as soon as Trossard's goal went in, and this is nothing unique about the way footballers are when they concede, but um, I mean, you could see that that their keeper was uh, who's their keeper again? It's not Schmeichel. It's no, it's not Schmeichel anymore. Anyway. I don't. I don't even remember. You could see experience? that he was he was immediately appealing, like 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 that he was held. So I mean, look, I I could live with that if if it just if it was somehow remotely applied evenly across other teams and and not used against us like has been pointed out in the chat I think about uh, about this goal and, and and others that have happened and and that's where the problem is but i can't I can't defend that and say that that wasn't a little cheeky. it wasn't it didn't impede the goalkeeper so let me, you know if let we're me gonna play be a little fair, devil's
1: advocate let me play a little devil's advocate here because isn't what happened right there in that position right there? Exactly, why Ramsdale's coaches tell him before every single corner to do the thing where he raises his arms up in the air and does his little dance. And that's exactly why you do that. So, is that like, yeah. is there a little bit of an element of amateur goalkeeping there that's not really what because you're not supposed to get that foul?
0: Or or was it amateur goalkeeping? Because maybe mm-hmm. he didn't do that because he knew that if he got his hand held, then he could, you know, get the goal. No, falception. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, is he dumb? Is he lucky? Is he, is he, was he smart because he was uh, dumb? I mean, like, like, I don't know. But, you know, again, I, just to clarify for anyone who might be new to the show, I am not a Leicester City goalkeeping fan. Uh, I don't like that that goal was called back, mostly because that sort of level of interference usually isn't called. But I can see why it would be. Uh, it's just well, figures the- that it's against us, and when, and and it doesn't go for us when it, when the situations
1: are reversed. Well, I think that's the frustration, right? Because we should have had a goal, or at least a penalty called in the other direction, if we were going to abide by that level of soft foul. Because that the the foul on Saka, I might be willing to let that go a little bit easier. That'd be an easier oh, pill to swallow if if. We didn't just let the that soft a foul go, uh, go for the goalkeeper, and I understand that goalkeepers get a lot more protection than players. I get yeah, that. It,
0: no, that that's a dichotomy that that can't possibly exist. And you know what, tired dinosaur, I know you're tired, but but you have a good point here. Um, this goes back to the to the to the call against uh, Martinelli. Odega- well, Odegaard, Odegaard, when, yeah. Ma- when Martinelli scored at uh, at United. Is VAR supposed to go looking for every possible passage along the way of a play that could potentially result in a goal being overturned and making, you know, football lower scoring? Or is it supposed to correct, like, obvious errors more in that, you know, oh, he didn't see that it hit somebody's hand. He called the foul and it turned out it wasn't. Those sort of things. Uh, and and so it's the application of VAR in this case that that is once again inconsistent. It's inconsistent. It's too consistently inconsistent in our case for it to be anything other than, you know, a way for referees to control the game even more than they could without VAR. And that's my biggest Are you getting your tinfoil hat
1: out yet? Or, or well, are you in the hats, bias?
0: My tinfoil hat has been out for a while. I used to pound on people for for. You know, excusing the the team's poor performance in the latter, you know, in late stage Arson Wenger years, uh, and blame it on on officiating because I was a firm, it all evens out guy, uh, because I'm a law, I'm a law, I'm a law of large numbers guy. I'm a large guy, um, and and I do you know get into statistics and that sort of thing. So in general in life, I don't believe in conspiracies based on things that are perceived. But it, but this season, I I have just grown to 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 not be able to figure out any other explanation for it
1: it's the uh-huh. number of events and i and i and i said this the other day I, I was it on this podcast or was i talking to somebody else oh i might have been taught said this on aftv when i was talking with james and i was mentioning look at the amount of fouls that we, when you go
0: on aftv it doesn't end up uh crashing down on you as much as when i do <laughs> well well here's the secret don't, I'm be, not don't drink drunk. eight bottles of wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that usually is the secret to a lot of things in life, actually. Um, but yeah, I had brought up the fact that if you actually look at, for example, the number of fouls we get per yellow card and per red card, it's not even close. It's so disproportionate, like like in, in favor of Arsenal, as in Arsenal players just get more cards for less fouls. It. Just is what it is, and you can show that in the data, and that's the sort of uh, quantitative and, and, and analysis and, 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 and you're talking about.
0: Well, and yes, and that and that could be legitimate if your team was a bunch of completely undisciplined, brutish pieces of garbage. Like but we've some got Saka. Yeah, I mean, our, I may be a little bit biased, but our team is far from a bunch of undisciplined. Maybe maybe in the past, undisciplined, but undisciplined, brutish, angry violent bastards that that is not what arsenal have been known for despite the, the the one chant that absolutely gets to me and i hate that it gets to me the same old arsenal same old arsenal cheating. always cheating yeah i, I hate, hate that, that dude i hate that because we're always being cheated and yet every fan base loves to just treat us like the people who are trying to get away with something and it, and it just you know I, I i don't normally well yes i do i was gonna say respond to people fishing for for reactions I always respond to that actually, which is, <laughs> but like I, I don't know why it gets me so angry because i, I you know I'm giving them the satisfaction of of, of of getting my goat as it were with that chant and uh and and it works on me
1: but uh, so so second half rolls around. we get a little bit more of this. This is all of Lester's shots by the way. this happens in the uh, second half. uh is that line red drawn red red. by accident by the way like like I don't even remember one. Uh, that's the, yeah, that's the, uh, Drewsbury Hall shot. Like that's it. It was and that, it. that seems to go towards the goal. Did it, was it over the goal? Is that where it went? Yeah, I don't it, no. Know. It, to, to be honest, I don't know why it's drawn at the goal because it was, it went wide. So I don't know why it's on the put, goal, but Hey, back up again. But go ahead.
0: Yeah. See, to me,
1: that looks like it's on target and it's not, and it's not supposed to be, but Hey, you know, I don't oh, know. Make- oh,
0: oh, well, cause the goal is not, okay. The, the, that's the six yard box, not the goal itself. So uh, we can't actually see yeah, yeah. It's a little wide. It's like an inch wide. I can see that. Oh, it's that's the wide, six yard is, bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's an inch
1: wide, which is what she said. Hmm. Not, not for the first time either. Yeah. Um, But here's the thing, like they, they had no shots. It was a complete shutdown. I honestly think that that was one of the most, probably the best defensive performance out of any team in the league this year i mean you can't say any more than that one of the things that i want to highlight though is and, and i brought this up on twitter and do you remember when we bought gabrielle right and the first thing that was said to uh, said about him and was true for a while was he needs a big brother on the pitch to kind of handle him there was a big difference well, we thought, between Ga- well i think we thought we had one at the time in david louise well, yeah, but but and exactly, there was a big difference in performance from Gabriel when he played with Mustafi or Rob Holding to when he played with David Luiz because he <laughs> did need that arm around him to kind of calm him down. But isn't it interesting with only a few within a few years how he stepped up and now he's kind of the older brother and Saliba's kind of the silly you know the silly little brother and he's the one keeping him in line. And I just don't think that we talk enough about the development of Gabriel. I think a lot of people just pretend like he was always at this level and I just see him getting better and better and better I see people pre- not pretend pretending that he's
0: not at this level and never has been I mean I it, it's it's just weird he's in a in a we've always kind of had these debates about players Ozil uh you know are you Ozel in Ozil out Xhaka um no one really debated about Mustafi too much except for the one person that pointed out that like that one statistic had him better than Van Dyke or something because <laughs> I think so he got stupid. more, I think he won more headers or something like that. But like, you know, it, it, there's always gotta be somebody right now. Xhaka can't be that person, you know, parte It's not about his play. It's about, you know, is he going to ever be healthy for a long stretch of time? So really I, I think, I mean, I'm seeing people start to come, come at Gabby Martinelli, but like it Who would dare. I'll fight him. Gabriel is pretty much the guy now because he has had a couple of what appear to be high-profile mistakes, uh, you know, a la a, a Mustafi or even David Louise, but I don't put him in that category at all because, you know. I, he, oh, you mean Big Gabby, not Little Gabby? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I'm i going back to your discussion about Gabriel. Yeah, uh, you
1: said Martinelli. I, I, I Well, that. no,
0: no, I said people are starting to comment Martinelli. But that oh. was a
1: that, that was just a side chat. Oh, okay, okay. Um, was, we have too many Gabbies, and it's hard for me to keep them all straight. I call is. them like Big Gabby, Fast Gabby, uh, Christian Gabby, Christian. Gabby. Which one's Christian? Jesus. Oh. No. <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, what's the one thing that Arsenal fans and Christians have in common? <laughs> Waiting for Jesus to come back. Nice. So where does that leave <laughs> me, then? <laughs> it, it, well, it, if it's uh, if it's Arsenal related, it's good. If it's you know Christian related, you might be screwed. Yeah. Well. Um, he
0: had a good run. As Long as he comes back on Shabbos, I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Gabriel, he was a good signing at the time. He, I mean, we forget how young he is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He, he's not Thiago Silva. He's not. Um, you know he's not a guy who's been playing in the premier league for 5 years or has you know been playing at the top level for for 3 or 4 years and then transferred to the premier league he's he's a guy who still had a lot to learn and was playing on a very inconsistent side with a lot of mistakes in them and has grown into a, an incredible partnership with a guy who's literally in his first season
1: in the premier league yeah, and, and it's the way that he's able to communicate, the way that he's able to become a partner with such an inexperienced player. And I, I'm i just going to say it. I'll say it here, and I'll say it with full chest. I think he's the best center back in the league. And for all of the people that want to talk about Varane and Lissandra Martinez, I want to point out that Partey uh, and Casemiro, Partey, Gabriel and Saliba, are the defensive unit with the least amount of goals uh, uh, goals against. So how is it possible that Lissandra Martinez and Varane are are better than these two when we've conceded less goals and continue? I mean, I've not seen a performance from Manchester United where they've forced an opponent to have 0.01, 0.01 xG. You know what I mean? So I I, I'm just tired of it at this point. I get it. I get that he doesn't get all the plaudits. I get that he didn't come from like a a super uh, you know a super team and he hasn't played in Champions League yet. But he's doing it day in and day out. And from the moment he stepped into the Premier League, I remember when he first played for us. I I, I immediately shut up. I was like, whoa, what do we have here? You know, because he's always been at this level, and to see him grow into again. I would call him the best defender in the league has been nothing short of fantastic. And that's probably it, one of, if not the biggest contributing factor, I think him, Partey and Gabriel Jesus are the reason why we are in the position that we are in and we are the best team in the league.
0: That's a, yeah, that's a big call. I don't know too many people that would go as far as to say he's the best uh, central defender in the, in the league.
1: Who's better? Uh,
0: I'm not sure I would go that far, but what I what I would say is that his partnerships, the partnership that he has with Saliba is is the best, the best center back partnership in the league.
1: Okay. Um, and oh, you're and, saying Saliba's better? Got
0: it. Because that's no, the only that's, that's the not, only
1: possible answer,
0: Mike. That's, that's the actually, only possible that's, answer. That's actually, not what I'm saying because if you <laughs> add, if you add two things together and get ten. That doesn't, you know, you can have another situation where you have seven and three, and it doesn't mean that he's the best player, and it also doesn't mean the other guy's better. So, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll have a separate podcast about, you know, we'll call it the Gooners podcast by the numbers, uh, <laughs> where, we, where we watch our own podcast, and then we stop it and have comments on it. Um, but, uh, no, I'm not saying Saliba's better. I'm saying that when the two of them are together, they're better than anybody else in the Premier League right now. And, I mean, why, why wouldn't you say that for a top-of-the-table team with – the least, or maybe second least, number of goals allowed in the entire in the entire league.
1: Now we're talking about the the back end of the pitch, right? Probably the most consistent. Someone's part coming of at up. you. <laughs> Honestly, Gabriel is not the guy long term. There's a very little doubt of that. I I disagree. I think he is very much the guy long term. I think that if you look at his statistically, Gabriel is a, a- monster but well, I mean, let's not wins, have that fight here he we, we don't, I don't want to fight with fans when we win you know what i mean and the only, guy, the only guy that he's not the only way he's not the
0: guy long term is if you if your evaluation of who the guy is long term involves having a full set of teeth that that never fall out that and hair that's the only way he's not the guy long term is if if he can't get his dental situation uh, squared away but but but, uh, but that- like I
1: was saying, we, we're focusing on the back end, and I think that that's been a pretty solid combination. Like you said, these two players are probably the, are the two players that have appeared the most this season for us in that position. But what's changed was up top. For the first time, we saw Mikel Arteta, the absolute madman, deploy Trussard as a false nine, true nine, whatever you want to call it. The point is, it was Martinelli, Trossard, and Saka up top, the first time we've ever seen it. And what did you think of that?
0: I was thrilled. I was excited to see it. Um, you know, I, I I'm of the belief that Eddie Nketiah's work rate has been fine, but his end product and, and and the 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 upper limits of his talent have started to show as being you know as having a limit that that is not where it needs to be to be starting games for the Arsenal. Um, that's my opinion about Eddie Nketiah. Good player, not good enough to be the, the leading the line for Arsenal. He could, he could easily be the third choice. He could be a guy who plays cup games and sparingly and that sort of thing. But, but uh, you know, and he's done, he's done way better than any, I think anyone expected as what will turn out to be a three month or so uh, solution for not having Gabby Jesus when you, when we don't really have another option, but, I I, I've just seen a decline in his end product over the last few games. And it was not at all a problem for me, especially as we're starting to pick up games twice a week. Now coming thick and fast. Um, and, uh, you see, yes. And, um, and, and, you know, to, to, to let him ride the pine a little bit and be an impact sub instead of starting the game and, and to have a guy come in, not Reese Nelson, um, nothing against Reese Nelson, but not Reese Nelson, not, um, You know somebody from the youth team not marquinhos even i mean he's on loan but i'm just saying not of that quality but of leandro trossard's quality to come in as a nine uh for that game was i've I've been aching to see that and and i think we finally saw why i mean yes we only scored one goal in the game but you know his goal the, the goal he scored wasn't down to anything he did wrong uh that it got called back and and uh you know, he just he, they you present different looks to the to the defensive back line when you when you have players who are kind of wingers playing in the nine. It's a fluid lineup. It's exactly what Arteta and 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 by definition Pep have always wanted to do. Is not not necessarily I mean, haul aside. Not play with a you know with a big lunk that you have to that you have to serve with the ball all the time. But just play with people who are just
1: literally coming at you from every angle. Yeah, you you know you know, I just don't know what's coming. It's crazy when you say that because My if we look at the at stats. Like you right now. Oh, you're gonna scare the alligator, by the way. <laughs> He's gonna come for you. I'm trying to draw uh, the alligator to me. Whoa. There's there's a there's a furry conversation in there that we're not ready to have on this uh podcast. But hey, um like you were saying, players coming at you from all sides, two young players, uh, Bakayo Saka and Martinelli, um First and fourth in leading um, completed dribbles in the league right now at at under 21. It's really crazy to see. And like you said, you add a Trussard to that, who does seem to have that magic feat. What I love about Trussard is he has a little bit of the Gabriel Jesus, where if nothing's on, he's going to make something happen. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, he might be in a blind alley or something. So that means he's gonna try to nutmeg a guy or or you know, do something that, that and he rarely loses the ball in that position. And well and, and, and
0: that's where that's where, and I remember I remember this distinctly from the West Ham game on Boxing mm-hmm. Day. Um Eddie Niketia streaming down the middle of the pitch with players on either side of him and just didn't find the right pass, and and that right. was the moment. And this was right when he first came in. I mean, that was our first game back after Gabby was hurt, um, after Jesus was hurt, or or you know Christian Gabriel as you call him, or Christian, yeah. Um, and I was like, that right there is what he can't do that Gabby Jesus can, and I hope that we're not constantly seeing this. And frankly, he. He made contributions in other areas, both in that game and in the games after that. That that said, you know what? We, we might be all right for the time that you know that this takes. But, um, you know, you just pointed out, and not to be negative about Niketia, but you just pointed out with Gabby Jesus, how you know, the part of his game where he is otherworldly, and where Eddie DeKetia isn't, and, um, and and so. My God, when we get him back, if he's at full speed or if he gets up to full speed as quickly as
1: we all want him to,
0: with having added Trosart
1: now, it, it, and that's the and that's the situation where you can say the gamble is just about paying off. I agree with you when we talk about the decline of the um, output of Eddie and Kedia. I don't market against him, and the reason I don't market against him is because he's played every single minute since the right. World Cup. Well, right, because, right. We've,
0: we've, I mean, you should be able to when you have 18 games in, in two months or whatever, <laughs> I know that's might, maybe a little bit off, but um, you should be able to have a guy not start and play, like, the first 75 to 90 minutes of every single mm-hmm. game. You want to be able to switch it up. Because I, I truly believe, and we've seen this with ESR a little bit, we've seen it with uh, with Martinelli even uh, mm-hmm. coming off the bench in the 70th minute. When you are a normal starter, I don't think that's a bad thing to switch it up every once in a while. I think it kind of it, it can kind of jiggle some things some loose and and uh, and kind of reset you, which is what I'm hoping happens with Martinelli. But I mean, you, you just you see a different approach. You, you're you're suddenly running at full strength against this, you know tired uh, defenders like we saw uh, when Trostard came in against United at home against Wan Bissaka just absolutely shattered after having a good game um, so you know that's what you want to be able to do and with with two games a week coming up bo- of of both very significant importance you know why not switch up the the 70 minute starts with the 25 you know minute Cameos, at the, not even cameos, at the, uh, runouts at the end.
1: Right, and I think it really goes under the radar. And this is something you know. Obviously, you know, I've been Arteta in forever. I'm, I've been art, I've been an open Arteta sexual since since, Rip. since So I know the, that oh, I it. get a. I get a lot for always trying to praise him, and I know that we haven't had the greatest run of form, but I want to remind everybody, if you named the players that you said you wouldn't want to get injured, the two players' names that you um, immediately popped to mind are Gabriel Jesus and Thomas Partey, and we had neither. And we've been able to navigate a sticky set of fixtures. Meanwhile, having that, and honestly, and you know my uh, my criticisms, I don't know if we did enough in the January transfer window. And I think they he just about worked enough magic to get us over the line where we do have a Gabriel Jesus coming back. We do have ESR coming back. We do have Partey that should be available for the game tomorrow at Everton. And speaking of... I didn't realize
0: um, that you don't think that we did enough in the
1: January <laughs> 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 uh, window. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. We're not going to get into that. Um, well, I, I did. I did. By the way, have a picture of um, the the last minutes of the January window. I have a source inside of the club that's given me a picture of the the final moments of that uh, of that uh, event. Which is, <laughs> 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 can you believe that Jorginho has scored more goals than Chelsea? Well, the same no, amount of created. goals as his former club this uh, for the created more February. goals
0: because I, I don't know that he, he didn't score it but he should have i'm giving it. it to him if you yeah, don't but, give if you don't give that to the him, only reason you, i don't want to give it to him is because i really want to give it him. <laughs> like like if it were any other goalkeeper i'd be like that was Jorginho's goal but but i need that to be an emmy own goal i i'd need that to be an emmy own goal more than i needed to be a Jorginho uh
1: you know uh, uh duck breaker By the way, for those of you wondering, we're going to get on to Chelsea in a moment, okay? Let's finish. Let's go ahead and wrap wrap this game. I don't think there was really too much more interesting that happened. There was the quote-unquote spat that happened between Gabriel and Saliba at the end of the game, which everybody's... Every image is shown was absolutely nothing. Uh, I, I love the quotes from Arteta on that. He was asked that in the press, and he goes, you know, it, they're a happy marriage, and, and I, I have to imagine if Saliba and Gabrielle are married, does that make Arteta the best man?
0: Um, I don't know, but they probably, you know, you need to, to, to have this bond with your midfielder, so I think he, he definitely watches
1: Mm, mm. yeah he, i mean he's got to well he's he's always saying you that you have to uh have a friggin standards when you uh go for the gold
0: yes dustpan joe uh new name to me in this podcast welcome dustpan joe um you'll meet him soon oh yeah oh is he one of your uh one of your one of your guys yeah. in orlando
1: this is, this is the Joey. This is the guy that got me into Arsenal in the first place, the friend Ooh. that I'm always talking about. I've known this guy since I was three years old.
0: How come everybody that we love in the Arsenal world is named Joey?
1: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how that happens.
0: we got Joey Murphy, who is the person who literally introduced me to Andy and remains to this day one of my first Gooner, uh, American Gooner friends and one of my best. We've got uh, Joey Christian, who... Uh, from King Joey from Richmond, who is a, just an awesome dude, uh, and then now we got Dusty and Joe uh, and Tom, who we'll be seeing soon. Um, uh, another and, Florida. And
1: you got to give a lot of credit to Joey because it was him. It was losing to him in FIFA that encouraged me to first I picked Chelsea and I didn't like it. He had me watch Arsenal. I really fell in love with how Arsenal played, and then he did me the greatest favor of my life, and he said, "Shh, here's some Henri comps." watch them uh, and i've okay. been a passionate arsenal fan ever since
0: but i was going to point out something that joe said um which is where was it um oh he said he went for the double ever if you've ever played a sport ever that everly wasn't even a spat um, <laughs> so yeah i mean uh, Again, if you're inspecting every interaction between Arsenal players and 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 in the Arsenal universe to 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 try to find some dis- discontent or discord, I suppose you could have made something out of that. You know, I if, if Joe met me at something before the Chelsea game, I, I think. Uh, oh, him and Dre were together. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think I was doing the charity thing at that. I uh,
1: mean,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I I'm I'm so in my own ridiculous world in those moments that i uh, i apologize but uh, but we'll spend some more quality time
1: together uh, he, he apologizes because he doesn't know what he did and but he knows he ended up in your phone if you if you are a gooner anywhere and you get blackout drunk i promise you you will wake up with mike's number in your phone and probably <laughs> a picture of his dick
0: probably <laughs> and it, and it's not that i'm gonna take it and then and then put on your phone I just carry one around with me I carry a number of autographed ones around with me and so and so you're gonna what when you said that you didn't mean that you were going to end up with that on your phone you meant like that you would open up your backpack and there would be
1: eight bytes. yeah yeah exactly exactly just just lay it on there that's when I when I travel to where there's going to be a lot of gooners I need to be prepared for everything um, hey, can, can I ask you something though? i um, just finishing up the game. Who was your man of the match for that game? Because I mean, I think I I put it on maybe Gabrielle, uh, Big Gabby, but I can hear J20. I can hear Trussard.
0: I, I think I tended to go to, to go towards Trussard. Um, I think that's probably what I said on the uh, on the post game uh, on Highbury Squad that I did. I, I don't really recall, but uh, but yeah. Um. I think Trossard, just because, you know, and I know he came out in the, uh, what was it, 70, 75th minute or thereabouts, but the impact he had on the game, playing a position that that we haven't played him at. I'm not saying he's never played there. I think he, he did spend time there for Brighton uh, in various circumstances. But to me, it was Leandro Trossard, and I just I, – I I was That's talked fine. out of that. I was talked out of wanting him. Really? By, by by a joint arsenal brightford, fan, Br- brightford brightford Brighton fan who lives in brighton so he goes to a lot of brighton games he's an arsenal fan true and true, you know through and through but he
1: goes to brighton all the time because he lives in brighton that's and, so uh, crazy because we argued about, we argued so much about mudric and then i was so happy with Trussard and the idea that we were linked to him that i was sho- i'm shocked that you were talked out of it because i was so on board for
0: well it. Here, here's the time here's the time frame uh leading up to the window i'm like God, would I love to
1: have that Trossard guy on my team. Um,
0: he's just, he's primarily ready. He's got an eye for the goal. He, he's perfect.
1: Kind of uh, like but, the Zaha signing we never did, you know?
0: Except I hate that signing because I think Zaha, I think Zaha is, I, I think he's an absolute, like, crossover and diving merchant. And whereas Trossard, yes, well, to to, to me, Trossard is twice the player that Zaha ever was. Uh, I know that that's a, that's a, controversial take, but, um, and then, and then I realized Tressar was 28 and I'm like, okay, well, there goes that idea. Not because I didn't think it would make any sense, but because I just didn't see it as being an arsenal signing, which was short-sighted because we don't need everybody to be under 23 and 28 (laughs) is, is the prime of a, of a winger and a striker. It's just that they wouldn't be at their prime four years from now. Um, then I was talking to, then he started falling out with, you know, with, uh, Deserby, um, and I went to Brighton, Liverpool when I was over and met up with Josh. Um, and he was like, I really don't see him at Arsenal. I don't see him being successful at Arsenal, partly about the attitude, partly about the way he played. And I was like, all right, man, well, we were still in the thick of it for Mudrick at that point. I'm like, I guess, you know, I guess we'll spend 80, 80 million, 90 million on Mudrick then and, and hope that that works out. I wasn't I wasn't trust hard over Mudrick. I was way excited about Mudrick. But as a consolation prize um, and at the price that we ended up paying for him, I mean, he is phenomenal, Uh, you know, an absolute just uh, just another piece of the puzzle that I think you need in order to compete for honors in one, but certainly in two different
1: competitions. And that was the problem with Mudrick. By the way, for those of you guys, um, thanks. uh, Thanks, Joey. Thanks, everybody that's asking questions. We'll save. Yeah, we're saving these for later. Yeah, so, so don't think that
0: we don't see him. That's part one of the podcast. Tune in for part two when we started to talk about Chelsea's transfer policy now versus the Abramovich years. Mudrick versus Trossard. Had a good laugh at Spurs. Answered some user questions. Previewed the Everton game. Had another good laugh at Spurs. And a whole lot more. the Gooners Podcast, a production of TGP Media, wholly on subsidiary of Blanker Broadcasting Company, Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of bird law. Make sure to check out the Gooners Podcast at Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash TGP Find Gooners V Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com, and don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners Podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that taught them get better everywhere they go. TGP, out.